The Dude Fox Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 38 of the Dode Fox Podcast. I'm Paul, he's Ronnie. I was stuck indoors with a wee man yesterday and he went to Hobbycraft. Not really, he did. Events this week have been an unexpected roadblock in what has been a brilliant debut season for the podcast and we cannot thank you enough for the support each and every week. You can follow us on social media. We are at Dodefox Podcast on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Coming up on this week's episode, our thoughts on the league situation and what happens next. We'll find out what you got up to in the first weekend without the United fix. Plus, on this day includes a derby win. We'll tell you about our plans for the next wee while and Lee McCulloch is our special guest. It's all coming up in episode 38 of the Dode Fox Podcast. Hi, I'm Mark Wilson and you're listening to the Dode Fox Podcast. So welcome back to the Dode Fox Podcast. We are into episode 38. It's been a quiet week. There's not been much happening. (laughs) In general, worldwide, it's just nothing, a non-event. So, as everyone is aware, uh, the big shutdown is upon us. uh, And we, to let you into kind of what happens behind the scenes, we do try and plan this show, or shit show of a show from time to time. And for weeks, we have had Lee McCulloch booked in to come and see us and uh we we had this week earmarked for ages just the way it worked with the guests we like to do them every other week and uh came about and he was really keen and we did it on thursday night and then on friday i went to shit the world stopped turning <laughs> yeah but you will get to hear that uh, a bit later on and uh it was brilliant it was a uh, it was really good fun uh obviously um anything that is clearly mentioned that is about the is current is a wee bit up in the air but it's a really good laugh and uh it's really informative as well so you hear that a bit later on when the whole thing was kicking off mm. at what point did you think am i getting to morton this week because uh, we were still pretty chilled out on Thursday, I think. Definitely. But we thought that might be the last time yeah, for well, a wee while. I think you've nailed it, yeah. I think I I thought I would be at Morton, uh, but yeah, I thought that would maybe be it for a couple of weeks. But the way it's uh, unfolded over the last couple of days, Christ, that could be it for a couple of months. Was Morton the salty pie? Morton was the salty pie. So you, yeah. were, you were, that was getting a second chance. Of course it was, yeah. And... Here you are now. And I will get a second chance. <laughs> who knows when? I hope not. Well, yeah. Well, who knows? Nobody, nobody knows what's going to happen. Uh, I mean, I think there's meetings this week with uh, UEFA, but I think that's just to discuss like the Euros and maybe the Champions League, mm. the Europa. Uh, I don't know. Is it FIFA that are like the world governing body? Somebody needs to come out within the next seven days and say, right, this is... This is what's happening, and I, and I get that it's a fluid situation where it seems to change on a day by day basis. But I mean, somebody somewhere's going to make a decision. Hypothetically speaking, how did you see your Saturday planning out? What was the plans in place for you? Where where were you leaving? How were you getting there? It was what to, did you see? It was to be to go to the match. Yep. Or how was your Saturday going to pan out? It was uh, the nine fifty seven train through to Glasgow. Cans. Uh, 
bake and roll cans. There might have been some scran, but uh, I wouldn't have been on the cans, no. Martin, four and he'd ten have, minutes. Oh, he'd have four by the time we get to uh, Invergowrie. Stand up. Uh, yeah, so uh, we were meant to be getting the train through there, meeting up with, with, with my mate Andrew, and then getting the train for Glasgow through to Greenock, obviously, but uh, that, that just never happened. Yeah. So best laid plans, I thought, that's cool. Games off, me and the wee man will head for a walk. The weather then took the piss out of it because it was pissing around and then the wee man was in the well. So it was an absolute disaster all day. But I saw a lot of messages on social media uh, with people saying, like this was like a an SOS to people that didn't like sport, didn't like football. What do you normally do on a Saturday afternoon? And it's a fair shout because yeah. like, no matter how good or how bad my working week or my week has been, I look forward to the football on a Saturday. Like, and if that makes me a simpleton, I don't really care because that's my release. That's what I love to go and spend time doing and watching that. And that has been indefinitely taken away. I also dare say people somehow look forward to this on a Monday, which people, some people are hopefully joking, were demanding there was an episode today. Mm. And here we are. Yeah. And as you said, and you thought, I'll never say this. Thank God for Lee McCulloch this week. Exactly. Because what shite we'd have spoke about for. <laughs> you'd have been lucky if you'd got 20 minutes out of this the, the yeah. day. Because there wasn't, but there's an hour of Lee McCulloch coming up. <laughs> yeah, thankfully. Thank you very much, Big Lee. Yes. Um, hmm. it, it has been just, a, it's just been, it, 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 nothing can, I think you've got to accept what's happening. But like me, I was like, hmm. Something's happening. How serious is it? A day later, oh shit! Yes, this is quite serious. Mm. So, everyone's people have got similar things, you know, and <clears throat> have things planned. I mean, going to the football and whatever. But it's things like, well, I'm not going on holiday. What's happening in my work? What's happening in my granny? What's happening with this? What's happening with that? People away and stuff. It's just unreal. And I know. You said it, you see it in group chats all the time, right? You didn't. You it's a lot of our first love, you know, and you're mm-hmm. like. What am I going to do on my Saturday? I'm yep. going to, you know, I saw the thing that went around. Oh, I don't know what to do on my Saturday. The football's off. I had to speak to the wife and she's been made redundant for Woolworths. Yeah. Right. That was fair enough. The first time. <laughs> fair enough, right? But most of the games that are away from home, out with the hour that I've got with work and stuff, I tend to go and do something anyway. Mm-hmm. And uh, the weather usually puts to that from I don't know gonna go you know to uh go see someplace or, or just go to, to, to your favorite shop or I can do that every day but sometimes when it's a Saturday it feels it feels nice it's, okay. it's like a monumental experience and I put it on Instagram I put it on Facebook put it on Twitter yeah you, embar- you, know? you embarrassed the, the podcast account yesterday well, that's what happened well the thing you're not admitting is you took the photo no, I never took the photo <laughs> how dare you no I made Claire take the photo <laughs> <laughs> and she was like I will do the nice version of what she said. You can fill in the blanks. Mm. It's blank raining at the moment. I'm getting blanking wet and blank yourself. <laughs> you can you can fill in the blanks. There's a lot of blanks there. You can fill yeah. them in. Um, so this weekend, I was uh, being treated to a nice night away on the Friday night, which was all very nice, mm-hmm. uh, up to Aberdeen. And uh, they were nice in Aberdeen, the same sentence there. That's what I just did. Strange. And yes, it was pissing down. So we were going there. 
uh, and you, you were the, I think the hotel had said you could cancel or re- you were like, oh, we'll go anyway. Uh, and I was telling you before we started on the Friday night, we went for something to eat, absolutely rammed, really busy. And then on the Saturday, um, it was time. You know, there's a bit, there's a, there's a big hobby craft at Union Square. It was pouring the rain, so we couldn't do our first plans. Mm-hmm. So off we went. That place is a mecca. Can it make toilet roll? Because there is a market. <laughs> there is a market. I mean, it's crafty. It's not that good. <laughs> I know. It's, and when I went to Asda at 3am this morning after uh, work, after DJing, um, ne bog roll, ne bog roll, ne hand sanitizer, ne mm. hand wash. And uh, I did say to you yesterday, I says, bake, yeah, I'm going to get bacon rolls, I'm going to get tight scone, I'm going to cook the tight scone. Mm-hmm. And uh, I ended up, because there was ne rolls, Need to have them on bagels this morning because I'm clearly one of those hipster. A roll with a hole. That's no good, is it? It was, yeah. So that was it. But there's obviously a skill to this. Mm. Bagel, toasted. Mm-hmm. Tatty scone, then your bacon. Doesn't it drip through? Got Same it. me put an egg on there. Got it. it. Needs a base. Got it. Needs to cover the hole. You're a cultured man <laughs> when it comes to the scran. Yes, I am. Indeed, I am. Well, we're on the case of saturdays without football mm-hmm. this morning as we record this we put a wee thing on social media saying to people saturdays without football is shit uh, and it's going to be like this for a while so what did you get up to instead let's have a wee deal <laughs> into what our followers i can't wait to hear to. about the rock arabs because they <laughs> never miss a weekend so we did this on uh twitter facebook and instagram across all the accounts um and we'll just we'll just head down so obviously we I'll tell you a little secret, right? It went out on Twitter, as it should have went, at 10 o'clock. Uh, but it didn't go out on Instagram till later because I snoozed my alarm and I totally forgot about it. Jagas, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, uh, Richie went to two spin classes. He played Link's Awakening on the Switch and he got myself a Nintendo Switch. Hmm. Well, Saturdays are free. <laughs> they so, are. Uh, you know, so if... If you were thinking, what now is the time? Yeah, did you not say you were on a VR theme, Bob, yesterday? Is that one of the things? No, uh, Leo's got one. Oh, but now nah, he was Noel, so there was no VR thingy, Bob, and <laughs> going on. Uh, Richie was also laughing in little at the empty aisles. Uh, he played games of the Wii in, and more or less his usual Saturday, minus the shouting at the computer screen between three and five. Yeah. So Richie's out with so, uh, Noel, <laughs> he was in Bath for the weekend. Have a nice nine-hour drive up the road tomorrow. You can be listening to this, Noel, for about an hour and a half of that. Just keep Jump. listening to that. Um, show went for a dog walk. Tesco didn't buy any toilet roll. Went in the so uh, lay on the sofa eating biscuits. Introduced the uh, uh, the young last two. Forrest Gump. That was, that was an intro. You're shaking your head. At no, Forrest, uh, it's a great film. I love Forrest Gump. Okay. Yeah. Uh, moaned on WhatsApp with you lot. She did and uh, laughed while the tone was quickly lowered. Correct. By you. Uh, Two-handed Sue Who is in one of our group chats And I will put this on record Apart from uh, I didn't know whether laugh or cry for the weekend that she had mm-hmm. um, But I pissed myself laughing at some of it True uh, But she travelled back from Cardiff After the rugby was called off en route down there Pissing awful yes. Says Sue uh, But any chance of two episodes a week Just talk your usual key no, we're kicking it out the day. Uh, Dode played football manager, FIFA and Call of Duty. All going to take a battering over the coming weeks. Multitasking, so, right? The fish. Fish went to the gym. 
he cut the grass, he walked, and he's about to do the ironing. He cut the grass, it was pushing around. <laughs> he cut the grass, so he said. Okay. Maybe doing that today, who knows? Um, uh, Scarf Jim had to work in Aberdeen, the pissing around, told you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wasn't it very nice? Uh, then went to see his old dear for a 66th birthday. So happy birthday, happy Mummy birthday. Jim. Mum Scarf Jim. Mum Scarf Jim. Uh, Richard Price uh, <laughs> invented his football shirts for 1974 uh, encounter. I thought it was for 1974. 74 football shirts. That's a lot of dosh that he's parted with. Can't hide money. Can't hide money. Uh, he failed to entertain the kids, removed fluff for his belly button twice, made his lunch. <laughs> Ate his lunch. What do you do with the fluff? Is that dessert? <laughs> Maybe half the football taps are made for the fluff. <laughs> <laughs> and he watched loads of kids' TV, including Fireman Sam, and then coughed in public and nearly got lynched. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Darren Lumsden went to see the script in Aberdeen on Friday night with the other half, uh, then had an away day trip for lunchtime kickoff to Hobbycraft in Union Square. Darren, you're a man of my own. Jesus Didn't see him there though. No, Maybe he was getting a selfie outside as well. No, nah, he probably had a red fish. <laughs> well, you should have. Uh, Alex sat with an abacus and a calculator trying to figure out if Dundee could mathematically get promoted, then burst out laughing and continue with my day. Parquet <laughs> <laughs> uh, flew back from France just three hours before they closed the resort down. That is lucky. Pretty lucky. lucky. <laughs> uh, Lindsay went out for dinner, went to some pubs, handled cash, and breathed in the same air as other pub goers by living life on the edge. Uh, Arab Pepe, pretty much a full day of Netflix. No chill, though. Sad times. Oh, okay. Um, then a few of the boys then started speaking about it. Uh, Dino was a good boy. He finished fitting his kitchen, cleaned the house, did the washing, and then some PlayStation at night. Uh, Lewis got pished, much to his own regret this morning. <laughs> We've all been there, Lewis. Uh, Jane took Malcolm the motorhome for a drive up to Saltcoats, then played a wee bit guitar and watched the TV and sent us a picture of said guitar. Beautiful looking guitar. Jane. Uh, Lindsay, male Lindsay, okay. I think. Sorry if it's not. Uh, <laughs> had to talk to the wife. Oh, <laughs> Lindsay, we feel your pain. <laughs> um... Oh, Ian's gave us a suggestion. Uh, if you're thinking of any other topics to cover in the podcast over the next few weeks, is there a chance of doing an in-depth review of Smile now that the play's run has ended? We will mention that going it's forward. It's we it's will. Um, Val played FIFA, walked the dog, lay on the sofa, watched box set, slept, cried, laughed, a little manic, a little sniffy, took lem sips, kept looking at my phone for, nay, <laughs> for non-existent updates or results. <laughs> uh, John's quarantined. Nine out of ten for Scran, though. That's decent. Mm, yeah, that's I'm, no bad. No, I'm not hitting that. Uh, Ross, golf, wine, and steak, and betting on daft foreign football. Well, there, there were still some games on, weren't there? Like the A League conference in England was on. Yeah, yeah, but they must not attract very big crowds. I'm assuming. Still, come on. I know. Come on. Uh, Michael was uh, spending a lot of time cleaning out his fishing gear and ended the day with a fish supper. No, a total waste there. And they football for a while. Bring on the trout. Bring on the trout. Indeed. Had a fish supper last night. You know, I go fish supper usually after a home game. Yes. Stonehaven yesterday. The yeah. bay. Oh, Amazing. Brilliant. Amazing. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, Jamie, a few beers followed by a few more. Sutherland Arab, kick a boot with the sun, talking about how, how we better still go up. Football's still very much on the agenda. Um, 
Andrew Milne shown Robbie how it's done by winning the Champions League five times in a row with United on Football Manager Doddle easy uh, Loki Arab watched some English lower league for a fix night in with a young lad FIFA 20 ordered some curries as you do when there's a shit roll crisis <laughs> that's a brave man yes that's a brave man uh, it's a thrill seeker right there he's attracted to danger uh, Liam's gave us the in-depth of his football manager day Football Manager, season 21-22. Scottish Cup, fifth round. Dundee Derby at Tannadice. 3-0 win for the Shed. Bruce Anderson hat-trick. Wonderful scenes. There's a place for Aberdeen. Bruce Anderson. Good mm. player. Good young player. Uh, Stuart Coffey fixed the cat flap. Square sauces on a roll. Argued with a wife over best way to solve a global pandemic. Got pissed off at three o'clock. It's not at Greenock. Opened wine instead. Had a steak dinner. Thought about how i get through months of nay football. <laughs> Tell, tell Stuart it's lawn sausage in these parts. It is lawn sausage in these parts. Sake, Stuart. Orica <laughs> uh, put finishings around two Veluxes. Went home and watched United pumping the fun 6-2 again. Then watched Guardians of the Galaxy. Good film. Decent day. Good film. Uh, decent day. Uh, Paul Bruce lost all his money gambling on Tonbridge Angels. <laughs> that does it. That could be a second team of ours. <laughs> the Dunbridge Angels. Uh, Badger was pitched in the Fairmuir Club, followed by a karaoke session in the house. Thought it was Rod Stewart when I come home. I'm not popular today, though. Not one bit. Hair of the Doug needed. <laughs> Thought it was Rod Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> that's something nobody needs uh, uh, right that was uh, a big load of them let's find what the rock Arabs were up to because I've just seen a post about them that made me laugh quite a lot uh, Billy Hoon we'll start with Billy right I was just telling you this this is a cracker a friend of the podcast and I know Billy will listen to this stuck in Benidorm on a lockdown everywhere dream holiday so Billy went to Benidorm on Friday four hours before they shut Benidorm down Nightmare. And unless he gets home today or tomorrow, they're staying for an extra four weeks. So fingers crossed. <laughs> now, my question to you is, is it fingers crossed he does not get him and is there for four weeks or that he gets him? Uh, I don't know Billy as well as you, but I'm going to I'm gonna guess that he's hoping to be kept in Benidorm. Well, he's all in close-up and the sun's shining. There you go then. There you go. So. Uh, Duncan knocked his Netflix list down from 27 to 20. Some decent films knocked off there. If you're watching knockoff films in the house <laughs> on your end, there's a market. <laughs> Send Paul the titles. Uh, Daniel Glenn, the Rock Arabs, had a day out in Arbroath, then back to the snug. Pure carnage, paying for it today, and they all had masks on. I don't know if you've seen this. A mask day out. That is exceptional. It's absolutely terrifying, some of them. Is that Paul McMullen at the front? No. <laughs> I thought it was. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, Susan says Katie went horse riding as usual, got a call out for work and headed to Perth where the job was. Uh, Walter did not a thing. Walter is a man after my own heart. <laughs> uh, Will ran 13 miles on Saturday, five on Sunday, preparation for a marathon in May. That'll probably get cancelled. Uh, listen to this week's podcast during the run. If that has motivation for people, then... Maybe try to run away from their lugs. Probably, yeah. Uh, Brian got stuck in a pub. And was resorted to watching Halifax Town versus Ebbs Fleet for a football fix. Well, I'm, I mean, there's worse places you could get stuck. Adam Milroy. Best tattooist in the tune. Hoose is spotless. <laughs> Got 
crafty oh jesus preparing prototypes for a new business idea missed the football big time uh richard he, he actually done all right here he finished the uni assignment watched old games on youtube for my weekend football fix 30 tomorrow happy birthday to you richard happy for birthday, the day this. so everyone keeps reminding me of my 18th birthday when mark kerr decides to pass the ball back arsehole totally agree uh Dave Connor, Jim, Iron Man Cleaning and Netflix, ITV4 had Paris Nice Cycling, so at least got some sport. Okay. Uh, there is Aussie football, says Doug Logan. Reckon I'm going to adopt an Aussie club until they cancel their leagues. Needs must. Right. Let's find a club that play in Tangerine and Black. Brisbane Roar. That, there we go. We've there got we a good team. Brisbane Roar. Who's their manager? Uh, Probably Fowler. It might be Fowler, yeah. Oh. Tangerine and Black. Uh, yeah. Leon Crichton, shopping, spending my hubby's money, then to soften that blow, pub and kebab home. Nice. Uh, Davey, uh, one thing I did not do was, I did do, was not go to Hobbycraft. You're missing it. I got a nice wee visit from an eight-month-old grandson. Uh, Ian Kerry ran around Dundee a lot, 31 miles over two days. Good going. Uh, Mark Jackson finally started painting my son's room. No excuses not to do it anymore. Uh, Leah Smith cried over missing Shankland. Uh, Ruth <laughs> went in a pub crawl, finished up with a kebab. Uh, Scott doing six night shifts over the next, uh, after two day shifts. Just the two nights left to do. That's painful. It's painful. That. Scott. Uh, Gary went car shopping. Chris, you already know what happened to me. I think he was... Uh, I people were watching a lot of really grim football, weren't they? Mm -hmm. A lot of really shit football. Uh, Gordon, working on my birthday. Off today, though. Gary, uh, pub then pub then bed. Bring on next week's sesh. People are going for it, and I'm all for it. You need to go out more, Paul. I do. Uh, Rob Wilson was exploring Scotland. A wee dander up Corey Fee. Uh, Claire went to Hobbycraft, of course she did, she was there with me, and uh, <laughs> another Morton call-off, another day out in Arbroath, the Rock Arabs. To all our listeners, I salute each and every single bloody one of you. I think that, like, uh, bizarrely, the, the last time the Rock Arabs went on their wee mystery tour up the East Coast, I think it was also the Morton call-off, wasn't mm. it, in December? Uh, what is no meant to play them on a Saturday? How's <laughs> <laughs> that symbol? Uh, so yeah, thank you very much to everyone who um, who let us know what you got up to, which is which is good fun. It's good fun. Good days, people had bad days. It's good fun. Uh, did you get the email for Stevie Ross about the walking football? I'll go check that in a minute for you. I think you should check it because I don't have access to our email account, Ron. Oh, cool. So uh, uh, the best thing is, so usually after we spoke about it. Uh, Paul, tell you about what's happening. What was there, one game to tell you about? <laughs> there's there's a couple of things that happened this week. Uh, so the reserves, they went down to Kilmarnock. Uh, they drew one all with their Ayrshire opponents. Kelly took the lead in that match before Logan Chalmers' free kick, which was an absolute screamer. I'm not sure if you saw it or no, Ron. Yes. Uh, absolutely drilled it into the top corner for about 25 yards, uh, and that levelled things up. Uh, as with the majority of teams in world football, though, not a clue when their next match will be. Or who it will be against. The women's team, they headed off to Hamilton last Sunday in the SWPL Cup. And unfortunately, they lost 2-0. It's uh, no surprise that their match this weekend against the Rangers has been postponed. And uh, like all the other football, they are postponed indefinitely too. There was a wee bit of signing news this week. Uh, Lewis Nielsen has signed a contract extension until 2022. Now, the lad, he's still at school, but from having watched him a few times, uh, he's he's very impressive. Uh, and although at that age, it is all 
potential because it could go one way or the other. Uh, but there's definitely, definitely the makings of a decent player in there. Uh, so we'll keep our fingers crossed for Lewis to turn into a regular for United. You found that email account. There is no email. There's no email There's for Stevie email. Ross. Oh no, Stevie Ross. That's that's a nightmare. Well, the walk in football anyway. The United Community Trust boys were in it last week. Uh, it was on Monday, I believe, and they had a bra time, but they didn't win it. They got to the quarter finals. Mm. Uh, but we're hoping to get like a more in depth explanation uh but if it starts to be sent, route to the quarterfinals, send, send it. We can do it. No yeah, problem. definitely, definitely. But they got to the quarters anyway. Good. Uh, before it all went, Pete Tong, mm-hmm. uh, we were linked to a player this week. Yes, Stuart Finlay. I'd never heard of him. Kilmarnock sent half Scotland international. I know. I'd never heard of him, so I had to Google him, and uh, he played for Scotland against San Marino. Yep. In a game I was at. <laughs> but the, the only reason I went to that game is because Shankland was playing that's the only reason I went but uh, yeah I was thinking I've never heard of this boy and Abdi's getting excited about him oh wait a minute I've seen him make his international debut what a funny I am yes, well your words uh, but the general consensus is it would be a decent signing mm-hmm. yeah but so we basically when I got put out in the, the paper and stuff we stuck online and just says you know what do we think? Because personally, we wanted us to wrap up the title. I'm all for business getting done, but let's do it behind closed doors, I think is what we we thought we had to do. And uh, in general, yeah, probably it was positive that it, it, it could be decent, playing at a good level and stuff like that, playing mm-hmm. at a good club. Come on, they are, they are a good club. We were underperforming the way their seasons went. They're but, above us. But in general, we're punching, especially with Steve Clark possibly a, a little bit there. But yeah, I mean, it's... This is the time, obviously, for what's going on just now and everyone being on hold. But you would think that, although there's a slight crawl over the line, as it was, um, until that crawl was put on hold, and possibly could be in quicksand, who knows. Yeah. Uh, it Business would start to be getting done. Discussions would start to happen. I think Tony Asgard said that when he was on with us, that... The planning now is not really January. It's, no, it's, it's the summer. summer. Yeah, and I can't remember if he said that on on microphone or Whoops. off. Yeah, but <laughs> no, but it's it's not any massive secret. Like they they obviously were looking a good few months ahead, mm. further down the line, so that we can get the team sorted for next season. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's obviously one of the the targets that we're we're getting linked with just now. Uh, and as I said, I didn't uh, I didn't know much about them at all, other than what I've read in the last couple of days because I'm fucking hopeless at realising that boys are making their international debut in the game that I'm attending uh, but uh, everybody seems to be fairly upbeat about this guy coming in my only concern and I don't know why I even get concerned about this would be like it looks like we're going to start paying transfer fees again and I don't know I can if it's, if it's coming out of Mr Ogren's in pocket then that's fair dues but I'm not sure I'm not sure a club like United can afford to be Splashing out loads of transfer fees, big transfer fees, big wages, uh, considering what it is that we bring into the club financially. So time will tell on that one. But from a purely footballing point of view, if we're able to bring him in, then it does seem to be a wee bit of an upgrade and a positive. 
So you said you were at that game, mm-hmm. and he made his international debut. Mm. He also scored his first international goal. Did he score that day as well? He did the he? Fifth. Fantastic. Was it no Shanklin that scored the fifth? No, he scored the sixth. Connor, that he scored the fifth. So there you go. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, with the whole league situation, what do you think will happen? I've got. Or what would you what, what would you like to happen in the ideal world? Would you like to see us play out the season yeah. at a decent time? Yeah. Or are you for or against the moving it to the summer to get things finished? Taking out stuff like contracts and all that stuff. Just in an, for you as a fan, mm. what would you like to see? To finish the season. Yeah? Yeah. Regardless. Yeah, because yeah, that's the that's the fairest way to do it all. Mm-hmm. That is that is the only fair way to do it. Like I know that people have said, well, you can take an average point system and you can say, well, Celtic have won the top league. United have won and obviously we would benefit from that but it does look like we are going to win the league uh, but it's further down it's it's the teams at the bottom of the league in, in a situation like that where you'll get uh, again from the top league you'll get hearts and I'm sure that they believe uh, with everything in them that they can get out of the situation that they're in but if the season ends now abruptly they're relegated yeah. and it's uh, similar in our league with Partick Thistle I think they're two points behind the second bottom team but they've got a game in hand so is it fair to relegate them? I just don't know. Well, I'm, I think I, it is. I'll just tell you that. Well, it's just because <laughs> of their manager. But uh, I have honestly no idea what's going to happen. I never thought we would get to this point. Mm. Uh, I don't think it's fair just to say, right, the, the teams where where you finish, that's it. You just, you just go on. I mean, it would probably be fair for us because we're probably going to win it anyway. But there's teams below us fighting out for and I mean there's prize money on the line as well you know I don't know the levels of prize money in our league it's probably no like that big but financially teams are really going to struggle the next wee while as well there's no cash going in through the the, the doors on a week by week basis now and okay Celtic will probably be alright Rangers should probably be alright but you've, then, you've got to think they've got big wage bills of course of course and and players need paid it's not their fault mm. they've signed a contract I mean Shanklin's got to get his, his 60 grand a week mm. he, okay he's going to be struggling by with a goal bonus but I mean th- these guys all joking aside they need their wages paid it's, it, this is not on them it's not their fault mm. I would I mean if my work was to turn around and say to me right you didn't we're not wanting you here for the next two weeks <laughs> they'll still be paying me for the next two weeks it's it's in the contract you know you, you've got to so I think uh, I think clubs will will really struggle the next wee while. Hopefully, we'll be okay, but uh, you just never know. You d- you, we've no idea how long this is going to last. No. If there was ever a chance of league reconstruction, mm-hmm. it is the time. Don't get me wrong, and I know how it sounds. It benefits them up the road and whatever else. But if ever there was a time to be sensible and make a better league, sixteen teams, thirty games, and and whatever it is now. Mm-hmm. But that's too much of a sensible thing for the SBFL, the SFA and whatever. Yeah. At one point, and I had a bit of a, not a meltdown, but a bit of a, not rant either, but when we were on about in various group chats, what you want. Now, at the moment, and at that time, I said, I couldn't care less about the trophy or title parties or anything. I just want out of the league. Yeah. I just want promoted, Right. And it will come back, and I, I would hate it that we never got that to lift the trophy at Tannadice in front of a crowd, mm-hmm. you know. But if I'm offered now to, right, it finishes and you start the next season, whenever it is, in the Premier League, I'm in. Right, I'm in. Yeah. But it, that day 
and to be to be part of it and be able to announce that mm-hmm. is, 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 it would be it would be horrible of course. to miss out. Yeah, I've... not to mention the Vegas title party <laughs> <laughs> that nobody will be allowed to go to, and I just mean mine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I th- I think that you we we support Dundee United four days like mm. when you when you win and it's it's so rare obviously but when you win a, a trophy a, a league a cup whatever so to have that taken away like I could I could live with it because I've been there for cup finals when we've won and the old man tells me I was at the league win but no memory of that but it's for like uh, my young lad like for Leo I, I would I want him to get the experience of seeing his team win a league and a lap of honour in the pitch, the trophy. I want all that. I want him to see all that. You want so, then to be able to go and get your picture of that trophy. And of him course. get his picture of that yeah, trophy. Of all course. this stuff. And then just make memories for him. So if that doesn't happen, then, I mean, it's it will be a bit of a kick in the plums. But I, I still, I take your point. The ultimate aim was to be in the top league for next season. And it does look like that's where we'll be. But that will that'll sting a wee bit if we don't get our, our moment. Yeah. As for you talking about the... The league reconstruction, I'd probably be in favour of that as well. But one major, major drawback to that is I think there's a new TV deal coming in from next season with Sky. And part of the TV deal is that you have to have four old firm games. So if you're uh, if, if you're not having four old firm games, mm. then that you're probably in breach of that contract. And it's absolute bullshit, in my opinion, that that is in the contract. It's Clearly, everybody knows it's designed uh, purely for, or not purely, but mainly for the, the, the benefit of the two teams. And the fact that that's even a stipulation in a contract is just, yeah. to me, I've always thought it was farcical. But that that is probably the reason why league reconstruction, or it's one of the reasons why the reconstruction probably wouldn't even mm. be mentioned. But let's say, that, that is the time to do it. You know, a better league of and course. stuff. Yeah. Uh, Turn a shite situation into like a positive mm-hmm. come out. Of- and I know there's, you know, there's things like summer football and all that kind of thing, which would cool and obviously the Euros need to go back and know there's things like the uh, World Cup next year or whatever it is and you know, or the year, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. there's loads and loads of parameters for it, it's like when they're on about down south and obviously it looks like, or the rumours are that Liverpool get the title, Liverpool 25 points clear, yeah, that's right? No up for debate. But then they might go to a 22 team league next year and then it might be like, it could be five relegated the following year and I'm thinking sounds quite exciting on the whole, Yeah, but it's not a shit show because Liverpool only win two games. But yeah. so, so do we, kind of. Mm-hmm. And Celtic are probably not a million miles away from it either. No. But it is, like you say, it's the other kind of leagues that, that, that we're doing it. It's going to be really interesting. I, I, I generally wish we had the answers. I generally wish, yeah. you know, I even had a sensible approach to it, you know. And the thing is, when, when do we get to see our team again? Yeah, well, that's, that's and it is only a game, but there's a lot. I mean, the players are the staff to think about. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like when it started, and I think, um, I think what well, you were saying that you know Leo and and, and Connor's football at one time was uh, the, the kids' football was off and it was on, and then it was like nuts off. Yeah, everyone's off. And yeah. then every it just sort of yeah. steamrolled for there, and everything was was kind of off. I think one thing, and I, I, I did mention this to Paul, and it's a total different thing, right? It says, but in, see, in these times, if you can, if you're going, if you're going out, and I know we're trying to go about our normal lives, and there's some people we need to look, really look after, uh, those that are a wee bit in a more vulnerable position. But if you can, support your local. You know, we support our local team. That's what we do. But support your local butchers, 
cafes, shops, because these are the ones that are really going to struggle at this time. You know, your 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 big hitters are all are probably going to survive mm-hmm. this. You know, because we'll all we need to panic by shite roll and and whatever else. You know, uh, I mean, I'm on the kitchen all next, and yeah, that's the way it needs to be. That's the way it needs to be. Um, somebody will give some canister to help out with that. But support your local if you can. You know, get, get go to your local cafe or go to your local coffee shop if you want to do that. You know, then I then I go to the chains, try and support them because they're the ones that do a lot for us and you know are, are here because we help them and yeah. it's really good. So, and I saw a lot of people putting that over the weekend. You know, we will still be open and they are taking extra care and whatever else and look after yourself and everyone else for mm. that. Right, let's get off for soapbox here. Yes, you were on yours. I was just sitting. I was right this week. We've had this penciled in for ages and now it was upon us. So this week, United assistant head coach Lee McCulloch made the trip to Dode Fox HQ. So our guest this week on the podcast is none other than Lee McCulloch. How are you, Lee? I'm brilliant, thank you. Thanks for having us on. No worries. Thanks for giving up your time and speak to two numpties like us during the week. <laughs> speak for yourself. <laughs> Correct. Uh, no, listen, it's good to have you on. It's always good when we've got the fans on, but we get people associated with the club. Uh, it's brilliant as well. Uh, before we get into current matters and everything like that, the club and what we're up to now, take us right back to your start in football. I'm assuming it was just you want to play, that's what you want to do, but you made that so dream come reality. Back from school. Back in the mean? day. Take Jeez. us right back. We always uh, like to delve a Yes, well, I was lucky because my dad took the primary school team, so, so you got and it was primary sevens, but I get picked in primary four. <laughs> so I was getting out of class at primary four to go and play with the, the primary sevens, I think, at that time, solely because my dad picked the team, obviously. <laughs> uh, and my older brother was playing as well. So that's when I basically first started to really enjoy it. Yeah. And I felt a wee bit special at primary four. Uh, I was I was always quite a big boy when I was born. I was £12.12. 12, so Jesus. That's <laughs> poor mummy. <laughs> <laughs> so that is, it's quite, uh, I've always been pretty pretty big for my, yeah. for, for my age anyway at that time. So um, that's when the sort of love of it started. And mm. since then... Looking back, it's probably all of all of immersed myself in, and um, something that I, I really, really still enjoy. It's the best. It's the best for me. The best sport in the world. Mm-hmm. And getting into that, I mean, what what age do you go? This is what I'm doing. Like this is, or, or what age are you getting? Actually, clubs are going. You're the type of player that we want, or speaking to your man, and dad, and whatever. And stuff. I, it on. was. Uh... School, you're, you're playing boys club and then you get all the scout or you get scouts, you know, uh, at the time Man City, I think it was, but it was the the old Man City, bear in mind, um, St. Johnson, the old Firm teams, da-da-da. But I think uh, for me, growing up in Motherwell, under the floodlights at Motherwell, uh, it was only right that walking distance uh, and they had pretty good youth set up at the time. So... I left school as soon as I could. I wasn't very academic at school. Um, so I was in there and uh, under Tam Forsyth, Tom McLean, uh, were, my, were my first managers in there. And it just sort of kicked on for there. Ended up going to make my debut um, under Alex McLeish after my, my two-year apprenticeship. Um, and then that was it. Uh, try to get in the first team, establish myself in the first team, then get moved into England when I was 21, it was. Mm. And that, well, my eyes were open then. <laughs> Living with your mum and dad to, to go down and get your own 
own house. Mm. Uh, Do you think you moved too young? No, I think it was the making of me. Was it? Um, it took me, it was about six months to a year of hell, uh, paying bills and getting my own dinners made. And uh, at that time, we Wigan, uh, it was, it was an old, old second division team. So you're washing your own training kit as well, but I couldn't uh, work the washing machine. <laughs> so I was giving it to the other players so their wives would date and stuff. So that's it's really common for, for rock bottom. And mm. to go through that journey at Wigan, uh, for the old second division to the first division to the championship and then getting promotion through that to premiership mm. was uh, was a fascinating story. And it, it was all the core of the same sort of people. So uh, great story and, and yeah. great memories to look back on. How, what was it like making your debut for Motherwell? How old have you been? 17. Uh, and the, it was the UEFA Cup against a team called Maipa. Uh, and I come on. speak about them. Oh, they put us out many years ago. And we've <laughs> <had a problem. laughs> so they, at home... I can't remember the score at home. Anyway, the, the away game, we just need a goal. So uh, Big Alex put me on with 12 minutes to go and I've get played in and hit the post for about 20 yards. And my mum and dad were recording the radio and everyone had all the, had all the newspaper clippings. Brilliant. And, you know, I think they've still got them actually to this Amazing. day. And it's... Uh, all the any time I was in the first team squad, I'd take the squad off the wall, take it home to mum and dad, and Amazing. they would keep it on the, the yeah. all these scrapbooks. So um, a wee bit of reminiscing to be done. Yeah. But uh, you hit the post, which wasn't great, but um, it was what an experience to, yeah, to go make your debut. debut aye, I think aye. it's and then like you say, you go to Wigan really young. Was there any? Was it pure encouragement from them? Are they going? You didn't kind of cook an egg type thing, or were they just like? you kind of turn it down because it's such it, a big move. Aye, it was, it was sink or swim really for, for the clubs, both clubs' point of view. Mother wanted the money for mm. me. Um, Mum and dad probably deep down wanted rid of me <laughs> at that stage, but uh, I, I really believe it was making me. Mm. And if you look, to, to tap in a, a bit of the football side, it, if you look right now for the, for the young ones that's coming through, uh, where they're playing academy football and then getting into reserve football now, I think the importance of loan, the importance of loans in, uh, in football. So to give them that first team environment, to get them out there, out their comfort zone, to be playing against and with players that need that win bonus um, in a different environment can only make them stronger, whether they su- uh, succeed or mm. fail. So, and I think that was a, it was a big leap of faith for me, but at the start I couldn't handle it. Mm. And then it was just, I had to. And that was basically the making of me. So mm. I think to relate that to football now, I think it's the, the importance of, of loan to that. Because there's a massive difference now in what, you know, if you're a, a young kid, you know, play what, YTS back in the day, S form, whatever, to now, it's chalk and cheese given what you do and what roles you get now. Because I'm assuming back in the day, in your day, Andy McLaren told us some stories when he was on about <laughs> when he was younger that, just when you were a white, it, it, it was hard because you had to do all the jobs, all the boots, all the kits. How different is it now compared to what happens at United? Oh, it's it's massive difference. Yeah. And um, when I had a spell at uh, Kilmarnock um, as manager and I tried to bring it back to the to the youth boys where they would be, if there's any need painted, the club don't pay for it, get, get the young boys to mm-hmm. do it, get mm-hmm. them get them back doing the boots um, instead of the kit man having to do the boots, mm. these sort of things. And it, it didn't really work, to be honest. Uh, Dundee United, to be fair to to the manager, 
He's got them cleaning the, the dressing rooms, uh, packing the boots, helping the kit man with two and match day to come uh, and help the kit man uh, pack and unpack the, the hampers and come out and collect the balls in for the warm-up. So they're still getting a bit of experience uh, being in, in front of the crowd, but still that work ethic, mm. which I think maybe in the last couple of years we've tended to get away from for the young boys. So the young boys are coming through in a, a false world where... Um, Everyone's putting a plate for them. And in that environment, you go into the first team, nothing's putting a plate for you because you need to win. You've got five, ten, fifteen thousand fans shouting abuse at you if you're not doing the right things. Mm. So it's a false environment. So if you're putting them into that, they could freeze easily. So then you could knock them back a good few years. Mm. So it's it's important their upbringing. Um, it's really, really important that they get that wee bit of adversity uh, in there. I suppose now as well, there's a wee bit more probably education done for young ones, especially you see it now with the academy and the way it's been developed. There's maybe stuff on Twitter or something, or so-and-so's been able to speak to them and stuff. Whereas I imagine even 10 years ago, that wasn't happening. Mm. You know, just <laughs> learning that. I mean, and again, back in your day when you were younger, I'm not putting an age on you, but it was probably just really tough. It, know, it was, if you don't, what I experienced, if you, if my jobs weren't done to a, a certain standard, I'd to stand intense and get 10 punches to the arm <laughs> and then go and do laps around the pitch. Yeah. And, and that's literally the truth. Yeah. It's There's no, no getting away from that. That that's You can't go anywhere near that no, now. No, you get the uh, and I'm not saying that that's the right thing to do at all. It's a making of you though. <laughs> I, I, I seen it as, but... I mean, what is the worst thing? Initiation song, probably. That that's what that's thing? what they get now. Uh, the dance. managers at Christmas they they do a a song. <laughs> the young boys do a song each yeah. or in pairs, and then they have a thirty second dance off. That'd be a good laugh. Individual is brilliant. Yeah, and it 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 helps them get comfortable yeah. get comfortable being uncomfortable in that first team environment. Yeah. So, um, fair play to the manager. He's got them doing it and there's nobody allowed not to do it. Mm. So that's, that. it's brilliant for yeah. the first team. And I'm assuming well. when, when you went into a first team dressing room, what, what was the feeling like as a young player going in? I was nervous. I was really um, shy uh, until you get in there. And I had Billy Davis, Paul Lambert, uh, John Spencer really helped me as well. Um you need characters. You need characters in the first team um, to get you out your shell, shell so you can feel comfortable and then you can go and express yourself on the pitch mm. in front of them. So mm. um, we're lucky. We're lucky at Dundee United we've got that because we've got good staff um, about them. 18's uh, Adam, who's, who is a tremendous coach. Mm. Um, and you've got, you've got Bo and Granty, who people will say is old school, but when you're in working with them every day, myself, Gordy Forrest, um, are in talking to them about training sessions, about uh, the importance of the loans and, and we're feeding things back off each other. And they two are, they two are tremendous to have at the club. Mm. And I'd say, the, I mean, granted he's been there a while now as well, but Bo is Bo. I mean, he's Bo's I mean, been there for if, a bit. If over, Dave Bowman over was eight old, years, hasn't he? Years. <laughs> if he wasn't walking off the park with a limb under his arm, I always thought <laughs> it's not been a wrong. good game. Nah. Uh, it's not been a good game for him. He has, but he's got so much more yeah. to, as a coach, uh, he's got so many more strings to his boys. Um, he's got, an ear for the boys to listen to. Um, he can be a disciplinarian when he wants to, but he's got some great ideas on the training mm. pitch, along with Granty as well. It's 
we are we are well I'm certainly learning different things off off the two and it's brilliant to be about them Aye, and especially you know Dave Bowen played under Jim McLean and Aye, exactly, yeah. so that means something to me and you but the, like the young guys coming up are they even aware but well, I dare say they'll be aware but what what do they think of like Davey Bowman because he's to us he's Davey Bowman yeah. but to them is he just Bo the coach or it's a good point are they aware that he had the career he had yeah, he they've, they've got to be. I'd be surprised if he hadn't told them. <laughs> Fair enough. Numerous times. But I think um, there comes a, a time as a coach, you need to get that trust. You need to get the buy-in for the player. Mm-hmm. So the way the way I see it, it doesn't really matter what you've done in your career. It's all about getting that relationship with the player uh, and getting the buy-in and getting them and teaching them and trying to teach them and getting how they're feeling as well. So it's like empathising how they're going through, um, how they're feeling matches and matches, how they're feeling in training. If they're coming up to train with the first team, how did that feel? Mm-hmm. Instead of um, trying to get respect over because you played in this important game and that important game. And I, and I know Bo's the exact same as that. Yeah. So um, when it comes to coaching, I think all that does go out the window and you, it's just about being a good coach other than mm-hmm. what you've actually... Yeah, that might help you get in the door, but then ultimately... Yes. You've got to... You've got I, to I think so, yes, you. I think so. So you've got to have more more to you mm-hmm. than, well, this is what I used to do because football changed yeah. and it's changing um, so fast that it doesn't matter what you've done in the past, you need to be changing with the times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you go to down south in England, you're saying you're getting an extra lesson uh, in terms of needing to be a man. You need to grow up because you went such a young guy. Can you see comparisons with younger guys now that that come into dressing rooms or new clubs as well? Because even you going to going down south, it's a much. It's not just another Scottish club. How did you feel that first time you go into Wigan? Is that a case of? Well, we're starting again here. Like going back to Motherwell again was yes. it like the first time and you yep. need to re-establish and you could probably see that in players now that come and go, but right, this is new. Uh-huh. I think it's, <clears throat> at that time, I'd to go and find Moan House um, at the time where, where you compare that to now, you'll have somebody taking you to the estate agents mm-hmm. um, and then sorting everything for you, you'll get lawyers put to you. Um, you'll basically get mollycoddled or get whatever you need to get in the, in the premiership right now, they've got, there's actually a role for people just to look after the first team, yeah. go, go and pay their bills, what, whatever it needs to be done. And again, that's bringing in that false world mm. um, where I think it's so, so important that the boys need a little bit of distance to go and work it out themselves, to, to maybe go and make a couple of mistakes, to make them um, realise um, what's good for you and what's no? It's yeah. it's common and, sense for me. And that's mm-hmm. the thing with you going down there. You you're perfect to say to them, no, but you know you've done this, you've done that as well. And I'm assuming you were much better for it. You know, just learning yourself of and making mistakes. And, and it's it's there. for me. It's the only it's the best way to learn is just get put in there and make mistakes. And it's the old saying. Um, I've I've made whatever it was ninety eight mistakes. Well, you've know you've just found out ninety eight ways not to do something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's I think that's a mindset you've you've always got to have. It's all about mindset. You could go and say, "Oh, I'm, I'm scared to go and make mistakes," mm-hmm. but I think you're you're not going to learn that way. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, you touched on it there about some of the the youth players that United have got now. How much of a change have you seen then since when you first come into now and how the youths are work? Because obviously the academy is now established and, and, mm. and stuff like that. 
Oh, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. It's elite, elite uh, status. Um, what we've the what we've got for the kids at the high performance centre as well. Um, we've got the RPC for them. <clears throat> they get their their training sessions recorded as well, and they get sent out. It can be sent out to them if need be. I think it really is night and day when when Brian Grant had the, had it. Um, he didn't really have a lot of resources, um, but he was still producing. Uh, he was still producing players and coming through, right back to your goals and, and all these guys uh, coming into the first team. Um, but now we've got the facilities, so hopefully we'll see uh, more and more um, players integrated into the first team and coming through and, and either enhancing the first team or going making a, a lot of money for, mm. for the club and going on to better their careers and I think that's a, the platform that, that Andy, Andy Goldie and, and, and Tony Ashgars want to, want to set. Yeah, well Andy said to us that, you know, when he looked back and spoke to Brian Grant and Brian Grant was running like eight teams on his own and mm. it was really, really tough but producing it whereas Andy was like, I feel pretty privileged I've got people to do this but it's a different kind of expectation, but it just shows how far it's come. Because yeah. I mean, me and Paul and every other fan that listened to us, we were so used to the next one coming through yeah. and then it just stagnated a little bit. Just stopped, bit. Yeah. yeah. Just stopped. And then, do, do you think you get some clubs get that though? They, they get an influx of maybe two or three on the bounce and then, then it can go mm. pretty stale f- for a while. Yeah, I mean, I think we, we were really lucky. I know, you know, for whatever the way it ended with Jackie McNamara's tenure in charge, but we played some great football there. Mm-hmm. But we had other players coming through. I know maybe he didn't bring them through, but guys like Andy Robertson appealed and Gold, Stuart Armstrong really Suter, played well. Armstrong. And we were, we were spoiled, is that the right word? We had big mad nads as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just a great time for it. And then, But since then, it kind of did go, where is the next one? John Suter be the last one? John, uh, yeah. Johnny Russell was there as well. Yeah, but yeah, probably. I mean, some of the last. names you mentioned there, it's good players. I, I think you'd, you'd probably be right in saying you, yes, spoiled mm-hmm. is the word. Because yeah. when you look at how they've went, and you're, you're talking about international players there mm-hmm. um, at this moment. So, I think spoiled probably is the word. Mm. Um, but hopefully, with the resources we've got now, Andy Golden charge and still, hopefully, he's he's leaning on. Brian Grant slightly as well mm-hmm. uh, because he's already been there and, and tried and tested yeah. uh, then we'll see some uh, youth coming through but there, there's, there's already some there's, uh, there's quite loads. a few picked there's, for Scotland in the national teams the underage Lewis groups Lewis Nielsen Chris yeah. Mockery um, have been have been fantastic have mm-hmm. been on the, the first team bench so, so fair play to the manager I think I can again I can empathise with the manager because sometimes um, yes you want to win you've got to win um, and people will say, but but you need to play the youth. And you think, I don't really know if I can play the youth because I need to win. Well, we've had youth on the bench. We've had Chris Mockery last season make, make his, his debut at mm-hmm. Greenock Morton, if you remember. So we've got a manager here that will play them without a doubt. Having sat with him and spoke to him about the youth, he will certainly play them. Um, so I think that's refreshing for everybody to know he's um, and he's a man he's worth and I, I can guarantee you that there will be game time for the, for these players um, Redeco's went out and done done great at Cove he's come back in um, he's started he's done really well and he's been in and out as well so it's a testament to Deco for how, how well he's progressing and you've got um, Logan Chalmers um, who's been in 
for some time now, and he's, he's been yeah. about the first team for well, maybe yeah. three years. Easy, yeah, because um, we mentioned it last week. He scored. He obviously scored at the start of the season against Morton, but he was around about it for a couple. Yeah. Of years. He scored a good goal this week, by the way. Yes, um, but yeah, they've they've been around, and we've said that as well. I mean, we big backers of Chris Mockery on here. Paul's seen him a few times in the reserves as well. Yeah, he turned up in his school uniform just for an exam. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Lewis Nielsen, Chris Mockery, that is no me. Yes, ah. <laughs> I'm glad you pointed that. Yeah. out. Jesus um, Christ. I believe like, you're the big boy at the school. <laughs> you uh, so, uh, like when uh, Chris Mockery, you've been a big fan, but I've not seen any of Lewis Nielsen yet. But he's just signed this new deal. And he's a good think, player as well. The way they, the way the both of them, it's hard. It's probably harsh to single out the two of them for the way they train and the attitude they've got because you've got to say that about all the young boys mm-hmm. and I mean that um, you you can tell at sixteen they've got ta- they've, they've they have got talent in abundance yeah. um, and it's up to uh, the manager and the, all the coaching staff collectively for sports science by Gary Dempsey to. Um, to everybody to make sure we're looking after these boys, but it's but again, it's not Molly coddling them, they've got to find their own way at times. They've got to deserve um, to be on that bench as mm, well, you know. They, yes, they're, they're on there on merit, it's no quota stuff, yes. Yeah. They won't be on the place. bench if they don't deserve it because really, yeah. that's that's putting them in a false world, mm-hmm. um, and that's the sort of beliefs that we've got, um, but they have been mm-hmm. uh, in merit with the way they've played, uh, in the reserves for 16. And playing in that sort of environment and training with the mm-hmm. first team. Um, we've brought the 18s up to the high performance centre so we could get a closer look at them as a staff as well. So if they've got any games, the manager nine times out of ten will be there just watching to see who the who the next crop is and mm-hmm. me, me or Gordy will, will be about watching as well. So it's it's important that we're if we've got this youth set up to actually tap into it mm. um, and know who's the, who's the next one's coming up. Well, mm. it's like you mentioned Declan Glass there and he obviously, we're on about the loans of Brian Grant and stuff, he went out and had a great loan spell with Cove Rangers, comes back, gets in the team, goes out the team a little bit. It was unfortunate with the injury because I think it was quite a bad one. But obviously it's on social media, it's like, how is Declan Glass not playing? You know, and that's always going to be the one for me. I mean, we, we had a chat before, with Tom Cairns was here and we said, me and Tom both went, Declan Glass has to come back for loan and you went, if he's playing games, he should stay where he is. Yeah, you know. But, yeah, but I was that I had that opinion because I thought there's no point in bringing him back if he if he's then not going mm-hmm. to play for six months when he could have been Cove star man winning a league and whatever. But uh, yeah, I'm glad that he came back. Don't yeah. get me wrong. The first two games after he came back, I think we were down in Dumfries and at Firhill, and I thought he was excellent. Mm-hmm. And then he's kind of. He's made his yeah, way back onto the bench. But it's also testament to how well he's he done in his loan spell, is what I'm trying to get as well for his form. And There's he, loads, of, loads of different ways you can look at it. He, he was he was their best player and probably mm-hmm. um, the best player in the league. In fact, he was the best player in the league for the, for the games we had. We watched every one of his games. So, undoubtedly, the best player there. We brought him back because we thought he deserved a chance. Um, and to be fair to him for the games he's, he's he took that chance mm-hmm. now when you've got players so young they can be a little bit inconsistent mm-hmm. so that's why at times you need to drip them in take them back out for their own protection I, I, probably Louis Perry who's I think's played 30, every game games, yeah. I think possibly yeah. every game this season but it's, it's similar he's not started every game mm-hmm. because Young boys 
can be inconsistent. Mm-hmm. So it's important. It's so important to put them in, but it's so important for them to take them back out mm-hmm. because you can knock them back months. So it's it's speaking to them, knowing how they feel, see how they're training as well. So there's, there's whole new different sides to it that as a coaching staff, you've got to think about other than, well, he's got to play. You yeah. just got to play. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're trying to look after that's the, the, the well-being. No, well, that's, <laughs> that's the fans' perspective. Though, isn't at, at it? Any big club, yeah. see any big club which I've experienced, there's always going to be criticism. We, we, as a coaching staff, we appreciate that. Mm. And if we didn't have that, then we wouldn't be happy because we wouldn't be a big enough club. Mm-hmm. So, there's always going to be criticism or there's always going to be opinions. And that is completely fine. Yeah. Um, that That's just the way football is now. Yeah, of course. Myself and Ron, we don't agree all the time on, yeah. the, on the same subject, you know? So no, the opinions and, yeah. and criticism, that comes along with but anything yeah. at a high level. And it's been good as well to see players going out alone. I mean, we do the loan report every week on here and we have a bit of tongue in cheek about some of it. But just to see so many out on loan is a, is a great thing and you know f- going to Cove a lot of people maybe went League 2 but then when he was a standout you went that's a great move for yeah. him and you know even just guys like Josh Donaldson he's playing every week you know it's helping of course players. Jake Davidson seems to be getting rave reviews and yeah. we Archie Mikkelsen's away to Cove as well yeah, he's and a good he, week he, he got 25 minutes at the weekend and mm-hmm. he, he's it's, back it's in been building up day. it's been building up yes, like 10 minutes he, 15 you've seen him at training day he's, he's buzzing they're, they're, they're loving that mm-hmm. now there's an argument is was Deco out at Cove and he's he's so much better than Verdell so it's it's potentially false football for him because mm-hmm. he's not going to get that in the first team mm-hmm. so if he's out there and he's playing so well and he's actually finding it really easy are we contributing or helping or doing the best we can for his development by leaving him there, there there's so many yeah different angles you could look at this and I'm not saying that's been bad for him because it has been great for him mm-hmm. but that was his second loan spell as well because I think he was at Airdrie, Airdrie last, last yes, season yes he was yeah. he was um, and he done he done well there mm-hmm. no, not as well as what he done at Cove but no. you could argue that was his first but then he's a little bit older as well yeah, so he's got experience yeah. from the Airdrie yeah. one and I think that's the importance of the loan and that's why Granty's sort of overseeing that and he's going out and watching the games and getting the games when he can recorded and sent in so myself and Gordy can watch and we can input to the manager as well and the manager will watch them as well to be honest mm. but um, it was always having that discussion about is he ready to come back yeah. or should we put him out or should we put him out higher and test him at an even higher yeah. level so there's it's not as if we're just going I'll throw him out there and see how he does six months back in. How did you do? Oh, I've done well. Oh, come on back mm-hmm. in then. Uh-huh. They're getting monitored weekly. And it, it, it's, it's do the players themselves get a say in it? Like, do you, would somebody have went to Declan and say, right, this team's after you. What do you think? Or is it just a of case course, of... Of course, of course. You, this- you can't sort of delegate with it. That, that would be you sending out a player that, that wouldn't be happy. So mm-hmm. he wouldn't be enjoying his football. Mm-hmm. So there'll be, there'll be discussions with, with Granty and the manager with the player um, and they'll come to myself or God, we'll give them their, our opinion um, and see what it see what it goes for there but ultimately nine times out of ten it'll be the player that, yeah. that decides yeah and imagine um, for sort of the, the young ones the way the loans work because they still train full time don't they most of the most yes of development the loans they, they can train um, and play 20, every day uh, reserves as well We've seen that. And, and play mm-hmm. reserves. They can train every day. Whereas what we do is for the boys, uh, Jake 
Davidson at Queen's Park who trains Tuesday night, Thursday night. He'll, some mornings, he'll come in on a Tuesday or a Thursday and he'll just be like a spare man. He won't do too much because yeah. we know he's training at night, but it's good to still have him about mm. the squad. Um, and for the players like Archie, um, who will have an 18s game on a Friday usually, we'll take him out the 18s game because we feel his development will be better playing for his mm-hmm. for his the club that he's in loan at. So um, there's there's a lot of planning that goes well, into sort of it. a lot of you're asking a lot for them to train, you know, Monday to Friday, say, plus two nights a week and then a game. And a lot of the leagues, there's a lot of travelling as well. Like, of course there is. Well. And you've got to take everything into consideration, how how they're getting to training as well. Uh, is it better to send two young boys to the to the one club so they can travel together? Uh, so, they, so they've not got that awkward feeling in the dressing room. But for me, it's always about having that awkward feeling so you get to know people, yeah. so you get to commute your shell. And that's it. I mean, it's just good that there's been more on loan and whatever because it's never really happened. But at least now there's a real. You're not going just for the sake of it. You're going to, to develop to get game time. Probably an Adam King's uh, thing is to get some game time because he was getting wee minutes here and there. At least go there, play every week, and come back in the summer. Yes, better for it because Be- better mentally week. as well for it. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. With, with a bit of confidence um, from it as well. Just like uh, Deco, mm-hmm. just like in a Perry, you know. Um, yeah, that was more. a revelation, like for him to go to the juniors. Like from a, uh, you're obviously in the game, but from a fan's point of view, when that was announced last season that Louis Perez went away to the juniors, you're probably thinking, well, he's probably not going to come back and make any kind of impact. Yeah, and then he came back, and I think that's probably he's what, been outstanding. What Louis needed, um, maybe he's went out, needed to go out there, scored the goals he scored, and mm-hmm. thought, God, I, I'm a good player. Yeah. He's come back in pre-season and he's, everything he's got, he's worked for mm-hmm. he's, and he's completely deserved. He's made the manager's mind up himself. Um, he's an honest boy, great trainer, unbelievable trainer. Built like a tank. Built like a tank, quick, all his stats. There's no hiding place for football players now mm-hmm. um, with, the, with the stats, the how fast you run every single day at training mm-hmm. it's videoed then you get in a game you've got you've got so many cameras round about you and you've still got the GPS monitoring on so it's how hard you've worked the distance you've covered yeah. the distance you've covered at a high speed so there's there's is absolutely no hiding mm-hmm. place so I, I was think- I was over at St Andrews uh, pre-season when you guys were training and you, you, the the group split into two groups and you were running around like you were part of it as well we the manager the one K runs. Yeah, uh, well, ah, whatever they were. Ah, oh, you Jesus, were near the sorry. back though, Lee. I ah, know, I know. But, uh, but Louis, <laughs> Louis about lapped boys. He was so far ahead. And then obviously the stragglers were you, Robbie. <laughs> and then the goalies. That goes with it. And, and the goalies. But yeah, but that stuck in my mind that Louis was just, he was at the front the whole so way around. That, he's earning the right, for me, he's earning the right to be in about the first team. Mm-hmm. After that, the way he applied himself at training, the way he trained, mm-hmm. the pre-season games, it's it's been nobody else deserves credit apart from Louis Perry yeah. for, well, for the yeah. ways. The, the man, I mean, the manager or head coach, whatever you want to call him, uh, said I think last week on the back of the call, which we will get to, that, that I think the aim was maybe to play 10, 12 games over the course of the season, and then he obviously just come back in pre-season and just hit the ground running. And yeah, how yeah. could you not then pick up? And I take it you guys, the coaching staff, are like. It's like a new player. Yeah. It is. It was. He came back. It was like a new. It was like a signing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think 
the thing that goes in his favour as well is the versatility. He can play on the left, he can play up front. He's been on he's been on the right, he can play on the right as well. Um and he's happy doing it. So it tells you what sort of character we've got mm-hmm. just to go out and help the team. Mm-hmm. And I think from my own perspective, I like to keep changing positions because when I was up front, it was there was a weight, that weighty expectation. You need to get 20, 30 goals. And you're thinking, well, I'm not getting 20 or 30 goals. <laughs> get me out wide left, right, and back into uh, midfield. And I think without putting all that pressure on him, this is his first season in professional football and and first team football yeah. as well. So the way he's kicked on has been has been fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's a credit to himself um, and the the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. I've got to take a bit of credit as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, after you you played for twenty years and then you went into coaching, was that always going to be your direction at the time? Just go into coaching, or was it right place <sighs> at the right time, or right place at the wrong time? Uh, <laughs> I, I I was leaving a club and then went to I get offered to be assistant manager and player mm. but really I knew there was nothing in my legs anymore so it was just really assistant manager so I went to Kilmarnock I thought it's a, it's a great opportunity because I already had my pro licence uh, I'd done that while I was still playing um, and then it was what, what's next for me I'm, I'm continually want to keep learning so I went and done a media course Um with FA and that, that lasted about a year so I done that um, I thought right what, what else is there to do so it was just let's just get my teeth into this coaching so I had a couple of managers at Kilmarnock um, and it was it was good to see actually because the, the budget was really low um, and there was different different scenarios that I'd never seen before for just being a player so that was sort, sort of my first I'd, I'd been first team coach at a, a, a previous club and, and helped me the youths like first team players yeah. do. But coming uh, to Kilmarnock really um, gave me so much experience um, through the good times and the bad times. So it sort of set me up for thinking, I, I actually quite enjoy this. Mm-hmm. And the playing days obviously were over. Was it a hard decision? Or did, like you say, your legs were got... You, you no, knew you it, wasn't a, it wasn't a hard decision. For, no, <laughs> absolutely not. The only thing I miss is, is training yeah. daily. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, after training, we, we come in early in the morning, we plan training. Um, then after training, me and the manager will go and do a run. We'll do a circuit in the gym uh, with big Gary Dempsey. So the three years will take like, four five station circuit each so you're going about and it's three times round. it's bloody hard and then me and the manager will go a run and we'll trying to get into that sort of every day doing mm. that every day I've seen to it a few fit, times to, to keep fit up Old Road in Dundee yeah. yes you must be running for the RPC RPC on a Thursday we were tra- started training there every day over the over the winter there and, um, so it's in day your day your session and then it's run back. So you're getting in that way. And is there a wee competition between you and the guy? No, no, he's fit, you know. <laughs> and he can he lift some heavy weights. He's a bit of a beast. Um, We've but, seen him getting sent off a couple of times in Tangerine Dinner. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, no, but he's, he's, some days I don't feel it, Dana. He's like, no, come on, we're doing it. Yeah. So it's, it's sort of helped me each other get through that. Mm-hmm. And, it's good for you. It keeps you mentally. Mm-hmm. It keeps you sharp as well. I take it when you went to the coaching, was it quite eye-opening seeing it from that side? And I suppose you've got to distance yourself with the dressing room or were you the go-between? 
the dressing room uh, manager I, at the time? I was the, at that, my role was sort of the go-between. Yeah. Um, I was in the dressing room at the start because I was stroke player, but then I, I made that jump into the coach's room. Mm. Um, nobody speaks to you anymore. No, nobody, <laughs> they, they start looking at you different and expecting you to be different. And when I was just trying to basically be the same, but there comes a point where you've got to change and mm. uh, i done that and... It was it was an eye opener. It's good. It, it was really good. it was a good grounding for me. And then I had my my experiences abroad. And but I've always sort of had that because I've been captain before. You've you've got to have that sort of leadership in you and looking after a dressing room, especially when there's young boys in that dressing room. Um, and it's more so just now when there's um, when we're at a big club currently. There's there's young boys that probably that need a wee bit of help with expectation levels, where maybe if they go through a bad spell, they get a wee bit of stick. They need that little bit of help um, that, that's needed from from leaders in the dressing room and coaching staff. What was it like going abroad? Was it again an eye-opening to see how things are done in a different country? Yes, it's, it's managing different cultures abroad. Um, I went over there. I got asked to go over there as assistant. I wasn't really, really doing anything at the time, so... Uh, I said yes, went over what I set up. That's like a Gdansk, uh, in Gdansk is where the uh, final's going to be for Europa, Europa okay. League final. That was that was our home stadium. And what I set up, training ground and um, match days, you're getting picked up at the flat to in, in a limousine and stuff. It, it was crazy. Um, stadium, fantastic. The standard, brilliant. Uh, but after a week, I found out that the players were only getting paid by the president so the managers the the players had a meeting I was kept on having a meeting I'm thinking what's going on here I've not seen as many meetings as this or something <laughs> happened and then they, they were all pretty good at speaking English so I, I didn't need to learn Polish thank God <laughs> um, although our, our physio's Polish I, I have a slight conversation oh, with him and again uh, Marson um, but it's when you're seeing all these different cultures and the way uh, people are, are ingrained to just go stay in their comfort zone and just do their things mm. when when you're overseeing 25 a first team squad that, that some of them will, at half time will go and have a fag in the toilet um, or some of them don't condone having fags in the toilet so they're moaning about the guy having it so it's all different cultures and that, that was a it was a bit of an eye opener again but it was, it was a fantastic experience mm-hmm. um for me and um one that I, I really we we had the player Krasic um that played with Juventus that had moved for about fifteen million C A C S K Moscow yeah. to Juventus for like fifteen million pounds and he was sort of running the dressing room so it was trying to manage him as well because mm-hmm. all the players sort of looked up to him so it was trying to manage him um, the best you could but we got that buy-in but sadly it didn't last that long because I think the players sort of down too because they hadn't been paid for about three months and um, they had bills to pay which is not going to be easy you know. no it wasn't easy like but I didn't know that before yeah. I went over so um, but I wouldn't I wouldn't have changed anything about that mm-hmm. that was that was fantastic yeah and then uh, January last year it'll be now just over a year ago strikers coach and we all went What's a strikers coach? <laughs> Tell us how it come about. Um, at the start, I had I was doing a bit of media, so I had ties in the media of no contracts, but say that I would do this. Um, so I didn't want to really be having to be working for a club and still doing media. I didn't feel 
really that was right. So not a lot of people know when I first came in, I was part time. So I wasn't I wasn't full time. I was part time under bloody self employed or whatever it was. So mm. um, I had to bid my media stuff. I was working for Brighton as a chief scout for Scotland for youth and first team. So I had to see out that contract as well. So at the start, the manager says, "Are you willing to come in?" I had a couple of different offers at different clubs. But solely because it was the manager uh, went to meet him and I wanted to work for him. I, I knew what he what he was doing and what he was building at previous clubs because word gets about in football. I knew him, I'd spoke to him a few times and he had my he had my buy-in. I, I wanted to see what the way he worked. So I went to meet him and he says, we're looking for a, a forward-thinking coach. I'd love to get you in. Um, we'll start off, you come in a couple of days a week. Uh, and I was delighted with that. So coming in and working away with him and Gordy Forrest, who's a fantastic coach, and we've all got different sort of backgrounds and different um, outlooks in the game. So to bring that together, I think we've got something really good that we've got different opinions and we'll challenge each other. Mm. And I think that's really important instead of maybe the manager having somebody that will just go, yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, yes, man. Go for it. Yeah, where I'll question them or, or me and Gordon will question them together. And it's not as if I, we think you're wrong. Just what about this one? What, what about putting this one in or taking that one out? Or what about working in this and training? And the manager listens. He makes the final decision, obviously. But he's open to trying new ideas. He's open to uh, trying different things. And it, it it's refreshing and really good to work with. So this is probably um, the happiest in my coaching career that I've been in I'm I'm just loving every minute at such a big club working for a great manager yeah. uh, and working also with another assistant who has got great ideas in the game who's a great coach and is, is also great for the young ones coming through so I think when I, the striker coach came in yes it was great and then my role changed um, So how does that change? Is that just conversations over the summer or it's more to make something more permanent for yeah, coaching well, it was, staff? It was going to be permanent and then the, the role changed over the summer, uh, I think Tony and the, the manager the discussion. So it would be two assistant managers, myself and, and Gordon, and we got on great together, mm. so there wouldn't be any problems there. Did and, you know uh, him before you sided up at Tannadice? Gordon, that is. No, I didn't no. know Gordon. I knew of him um, through when he was doing the pro licence. I went on the pro licence a couple of times. Um, and I knew people that knew him, mm -hmm. which, which was a big thing. But it, I think there's this thing where... If you're a manager, it's good to take your coaching staff with you every club you go to, but you're not really getting a freshness then. You're not really mm -hmm. getting um, tested because you know, if you get to know your assistant that well, you're starting to know how they'll be thinking as well. Yeah. So I think uh, he's took a bit of a leap of faith, the manager, and, and hopefully he would say that, that it's worked out for him so far. Mm -hmm. And it's good that he's, you know, he'll always make the last decision, but if you say, look, so-and-so's not playing great or could we change this? At least he will take it on board. And now that the two of you are on, uh, it's forming a team that had never worked together at all. Is that right? You would have played probably against them. That was about it. I, pl I played against put him up near the manager. Times, uh, you probably put me up there a couple of times as well. Uh, played against them, knew them, um, but never never had worked with them. Mm -hmm. um, but the, the manager likes to do everything. 
like and I mean watch every game um, cut all the games himself we've, we've got um, do the presentations himself do all the team talks and it's great um, he slowly since the summer just started to delegate a little bit more so that tells me and Gordy that he's he's got confidence in us now um, and it, and it's great we love it we are we are, we are very very hard working our roles are really to make the manager's life as easy as possible mm-hmm. because I've been there myself I know how difficult it is the, the, some of the scenarios you can get into some of, some of the things that can be wrong with players um, on and off the pitch mm-hmm. so it's we see our roles as to make his job as easy for him as possible and that's taking as much as we can away from him to keep him in a clear clear mind going in from game to game N- knowing him as you do now do you think that was a hard thing for him to do to delegate? Cause, he, cause, he's, a, he's a leader. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Um, and there's a there's a difference from uh, leadership and delegating. I mm. think I think you need a I think you need a lot of confidence in the people that you're delegating yeah. to. And I think he's been used to doing quite a lot himself from from previously. So, so it's maybe just something he's always done. And yes, I, that's what I, I I believe. That's something that he's always done. He's always he's done every single thing there is to do. The 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 guy's he's he's no human when it comes to the 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 amount he covers and the detail he goes into for mm-hmm. um, our tactics and the team we're playing against tactics. So he watches the team we're playing against every single week maybe two or three of their games mm. and it's mine and Gordy's job to <clears throat> detail every single training session from a technical passing drill to the possessions uh, to the team shape geared towards our strengths and the opponent's weaknesses of trying to this is how we're going to win the game um, and we show that to the boys we talk them through it we walk them through it um, Moise had a saying where there's, there's too much talking and not enough walking so we'll try to show them it on the screen we'll try to show them individually and then we'll walk them through it on the pitch so that could be team shape it could be set plays we're trying to cover every single detail to give the players as much information or as little mm-hmm. information as possible to give them and us the best chance to, to win the match and go forward so it's, we're covering trying to cover all bases and so we're still kind of bit all the way ah <laughs> oh, come yeah. on we're allowed a slip <laughs> you never know <laughs> we're only about nine gaming. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that. Um, I'm sure we will. Eh? Uh, See, so for all that you do now, when you were just doing the striker stuff, was it the couple of days you were just consumed with this? So how going full time is it? Was it quite a obviously it's been a good thing, but was it quite eye opening or how much work it took? Uh, for you to be the assistant as opposed to just doing the striker coach stuff? Well, I think the thing is, and that I had in my... Adv- the advantage I had is I'd been an assistant a good few mm. times before yeah. and I'd experienced management. So I, I, I could empathise easily with, with the different uh, situations that the manager was in. So I, I could... I felt myself that I could help him or mm. can help him still. Um and be able to work along with somebody. I think if 
different opinion is very good as long as you trust it. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's what the three years I've got just now. We've mm-hmm. got we've got a great trust uh, in the manager's room, um, and I think we've we've done pretty well since mm-hmm. since basically uh, the manager's had his first pre-season. Because um, the last season you're coming in halfway through a season. You're recruiting, what was it, eight, ten, maybe more, twelve players. Six in one day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's hard because the players, sometimes the players you get in the January window haven't been playing um, or have been injured. Uh, very rarely do you get players that have been playing every week in the, Jan- in the January window unless you're paying a lot of money for them. Yeah. So we just fell short that season, albeit in penalties. Um I don't want to speak about that on this podcast. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't like thinking about it. It's in the past. I don't like looking at the past, but um, can I score them. Can I save them? <laughs> I think <laughs> I think that was the big lesson for us because we were hurting. Mm-hmm. Like all the fans appreciate that, but it got us round a table and says, "Right, this we can't feel like this next season. Mm-hmm. We've got to go, um, hit the ground running." Which we've done we've mm. been through a real real purple patch what was it 12, 12 11 out of 12 we won 11 out of 12 games yeah. that we've won that's a cup final game at Dundee got a draw in that day yeah. Yeah, that was a celebration yeah <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the you, you couldn't keep that we couldn't keep that form up it's, mm. it's nigh on impossible so mm. there's always going to be a dip mm. and the dip you could argue has came maybe the last couple of weeks probably um, still getting the results but maybe you could argue the performance has has been a little bit um, not what the fans have been used to but you're always going in the experience that the managers had of winning this league before the the experience I've had for the leagues I've won mm. before you're always going to have ups and downs this stage of the season the business end of the season people enhance their game because they've got especially the championship it's nearly every team's playing for, for the playoff sports yeah, or avoiding relegation yeah. now that in the championship is very rare where, where in other leagues they'll either be going for promotion trying to save relegation or they're arguably no playing with any pressure at all mm-hmm. so that makes them play better if they're mid-table right. so coming to this stage of the season games usually are not as pretty as what they are at the start of the season and yeah. the middle of the season because there's more more at stake so Pitch, people are nervous well. the fans are nervous and just as you say the pitches don't help and and to, to be honest with Tanadice isn't really the best now mm-hmm. as well so at the start of the season you could see clearly we want to play passing football create chances crosses in the box get Shanks at the end of them get Louie at the end of them Nicky Clark at the time um, and it was working because the the playing surface was great. And that's not the only reason, but mm. the playing surface was great. Now it's hard to get fluent passing going. The yeah. players need to take an extra couple of touches, which slows the game down, which changes the pictures in front of them. And sometimes they're just, it's there to go long because teams are pressing you now because you can't get the ball under control as quickly as you could in a, in a nice surface. Mm. And I'm not making excuses. I'm just saying that's what tends to happen through my experience uh, winning leagues or going for leagues that yeah. is what happens it's I, business end I, th- mm. I think it's fans for us obviously we, we got that real golden spell which was amazing and it just we were on a bit of a canter to the title and now it's it feels like a bit of a crawl now and again but the teams below us are not doing 
as great as they probably should be, but it's just one of them. I think now we just we just want over the line, and it's you can see it. You know, as fans, we can see it, um, and I, I think it's right that the club try and put it down a little. It's one game at a time, it is. But for us, we're like we've been here for four years. Yeah, Get us out of here. Yeah, we crave and it. It just it just feels like a little bit. I'm sure the players and uh, and the coaching staff, oh, everybody craves sure. it. You know, that's why Ev- you guys Everybody work. craves yeah, it. That's we're, why you guys we're go working work. every day. Um, to the best of their ability to get over the line. So, but you can you can feel that sort of, sometimes that nervousness coming for the stands mm-hmm. at times and the players will feel that. Mm-hmm. So it's how do they react to that is mm-hmm. the, the big thing for us as a coaching staff. Yeah. Can we get them used to that? Because they've not had that. There's, there's, there's potentially some players in the dressing room that's never been in this situation before. Mm-hmm. So it's uncharted territory, so they're going to be a little bit nervous. So it's just managing them to get over the line. And I think if or once we get over the line, mm-hmm. then I think you'll see the shoulders drop and back to relaxing mm-hmm. and playing football again because it's it's unfamiliar grounds around. So yeah. it's, it's natural that people are going to be nervous. What we're going to do about the boy up front that's no scored for three games... What's happening? Hey, drop him. When's Shankland going to get another? Hey, drop him. He's out of form. Shankland oh. comes in, starts the season with four goals, and you guys have seen him. But how good has he been in terms of his goal return from what you guys expect as a coaching staff? For me, he's been absolutely phenomenal, and he's been. I've been. I've actually been surprised about how good he is. Does it? Before he came in, there's a lot of people saying, oh, he's been lazy before, he's been this and that. I tell you, he's the first in the training ground. He loves doing extra after training. His body fat's spot on. His work rate, nine times out of ten, is phenomenal. And we know if we can get the ball in the box, he will score goals. Now, you've said three games there. That's, is it? Is it that the longest he's went so three games to be your longest drought and Mm. I think if you could look back in the three games I can't think off the top of my head if he's had a clear cut chance no there was so the service to him you could argue Mm. has not really been what it has been so it's maybe not even his fault Mm. he's been he's been a phenomenon and the way the players have took to him has been great as well because it's international football player. Um, he, he seems on the face of it, uh, he comes across such a nice guy as well. And I, I, I repeat the story of the open day where he was sitting, and obviously, you guys are all signing autographs and whatever. And uh, the steward was trying to hurry him up, saying, or hurry the crowd up, saying, you know, it's going to wait to finish in 10 minutes. And Shanklin was like, no, no, I'll, I'll wait here until everybody's got a photo and a, yeah. an autograph. He's grounded, um, he's honest self and the rest of his teammates and the coaching staff he's uh, let's let's just try and keep a hold of him for next season eh? yeah. uh, that's the that's the big thing um, he's he's been phenomenal since the day he walked in the door and, well it's actually a, a privilege to have him at that how, how big a lift was it for the club when he gets the you know the international call up given he's playing in the championship mm-hmm. which is it's, huge eh? it's great and in my opinion, he's deserved it. Yeah. Um, everybody says goal scorer, phenomenal goal scorer. Yeah. I think so I much think more than that. Outside the box, his link up plays phenomenal. His touch, his movement is mm-hmm. his movement is 
up there with the best that, are, that I've seen. Um, but I don't think it gets anywhere near enough credit for, mm. for the touch he's got. And it's a great coup for, for Tony Ashgar and the manager to, to get him in. It's, it was a real statement intent for the club mm. um, getting getting a player like him in uh, and to go and get international honours uh, while in the championship mm. speaks volumes and let's just hope that um, if we can do it in the championship we manage to go up we could certainly do it in the, in the Premier League what's great about him as well is his variety of goals left foot right foot head yeah. I mean it's just for the goal I mean the goal against Inverness on the Friday night the four at the start of the season was phenomenal, <laughs> but on Friday when the four boys are going, he just sticks it. It's yeah, like, on a shite surface as well. To, to take that touch, to bring it back and to draw it. Yeah, yeah I think it, the, the, the variety of these goals, if you put these, all these goals together in a goals package, you, you can one touch finish, you can finish for crosses. Hibs, yeah, yes. Peach. Hibs yeah. finish, volley for outside the box. Um, he's got a chop in him, fakes the shoot, cuts mm. back both feet. I think the variety in his goals speak volumes of how good a player he is. Yeah. International has got to be a mention for Louis' call up to the 21s. And I know we've touched on how well he's played, but it is that journey of like what Paul said, you know, a year ago, he's at the juniors and now to be in there. And hopefully, fingers crossed, that goes ahead and gets a cap. It's phenomenal work. It's brilliant. It's great recognition again. And I think um, it'll be great for Louis as well when he goes out to experience that. He, he hopefully he'll come back thinking that he's an international player um, because obviously because he is. Um, I hope he gets a run out. I hope he gets a cap to against um, his name uh, and he gets that experience and he gets to see how people at other clubs mm. are, are doing. Uh, gets to speak to them and that, uh, hopefully he comes back with that confidence and, and swagger and mm-hmm. he goes and, and does it again the pitch. he's been he's been brilliant for a guy playing his first first professional year with full time players with the first team he's been a revelation mm-hmm. he really has um, and with the likes of when it started the season when he's playing up front with Shanks he can only learn for Shanks and his movement yeah. and I think it was it was a really really good foil mm-hmm. for Lawrence and um, it's just great to have them both on the, on the pitch to be honest and like I say you've played for Scotland it must be you know one of the, one of the proudest moments for, for Andy as a footballer it is um, certainly for me anyway to, to be up representing your country um, highlight especially it's the games at Hamden when it's full house and the goal against Ukraine Goal against Ukraine, set piece. Um, I kind of leash phone me after that game, actually. Um, you didn't phone me, I spilled my beer. Though, <laughs> was that, that a beer all year? <laughs> yeah, you're always a beer. That up, <laughs> um, he phoned me after the game and he was saying, oh, that's better than any goal I've scored. Obviously, he was just saying that. Um, but that that was a real um, honour for me. And, yeah. uh, I what? think the highlights would have been winning the Kirin Cup in Japan. Mm-hmm. The last Scotland team to have won in, and I don't know when that is. So to be a part of that, mm. and the night out in Japan was <laughs> what, oh, what a night that was! Uh, one of the boys ended up getting to jail for running out of taxi, and then we had to go and bail them out. So there was me and uh, another player and assistant coach had to go and pay the the police money to to get this player out. Then, oh. It ended up, we were celebrating, ended up an all-nighter, so um, <laughs> we are on the coach leaving for the flight the next day and we, we, faddy, we faddy was asleep in the bus, so we, Dave, what, what 
Growing up, kids, <laughs> David drew a big dick in his, in his forehead. So he's walked into the, the airport with this big dick in his forehead. He's not had a clue. So all the boys are laughing at He's walked up to Walter. And Walter just gave him the stare and he's like, What's up, gaffer? What's wrong with you? And all he says was, Get that fucking washed off your forehead. Just calm as any, and run to the toilet, get it washed off. You better wash it off or draw it on your passport for you. Away again. So I'm, I'm assuming you, you play France when we beat them one night? France home and away. Yeah. So to beat the to beat the world champions. Amazing. Um, that was amazing. That. At home. Yeah. Uh, doing Marine that day. I all these players. And away, the game away. I'll never forget getting out the hotel and going on the, the team coach. Um, we drove past the Art de Triomphe mm-hmm. and it was just a sea of Scotland fans. And right away you're thinking, bloody hell, we need more fans, <laughs> yeah, I think. home game. Um, than they did. Mm-hmm. And what an atmosphere that night um, to go and, to go and beat them in the, the world champions in their own turf, to, to grind it out. Um, Graham Alexander played left back that game I was in front of him and the lefty a midfield four and I was basically just playing left back holding his hand because we, were, <laughs> we hardly got a kick of the ball and for the goal kick uh, I don't know if it was me it's challenge for it Faddy's just took it down and, and put one in the top corner yeah. we just we held out in the celebrations that night as well were were Anybody fantastic. get the jail? Maybe get the jail that <laughs> night. No, no, that, that was pretty low key that night. But also playing against um, Italy in the San Siro um, with a couple of chances early doors. Mm. It was Kenny Miller, a that couple of Kenny chances Miller. early doors. Mm-hmm. And then Pirlo. Pirlo scored two free kicks. He wasn't bad. No, we <laughs> were about five, ten minutes to go to, <laughs> yeah. to uh, beat us. But uh, what a player he was. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. some of the players and mm. some of the stadiums representing your country were for me massive highlights in my career what jerseys did you get yes good question uh, Javi's uh, Iniesta Jeez. Uh, Alan Shearer got his Fidun Beckham's Rooney's Gerrard's for playing against them Ter- John Terry's uh-huh. so I've got a collection in the house of all the all the different all the different Don't tell me your so. address then, I'll be, <laughs> I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll be out housebreaking later I'm on. Two up the stair, I'm not you now. <laughs> uh, just before we finish, the characters in the dressing room, I'm imagining there was a boy at Wigan with you, which was the biggest character going, and Jimmy Bullard. There's got to be stories about Jimmy Bullard to go <laughs> I think, on. I think I've actually told all my, my stories. Um, it's got to be a good one you can tell. But Jimmy, I'm trying to think. I've done people because keep, anything people keep coming up to me and reminding me oh. about my stories when I'm when I've been doing different interviews. The guy was an absolute madman. Um, were you playing in the game where Big Dunk? Took, took, were you playing that game? Yeah, because that's that's what I always think of. And Paul Sharner, Big Dunk, right. grabbed Paul Sharner's throat. But it's and just under his arm, it's Bullard, like looking up to his <laughs> corner of his eyes, and he's gone. Are you, are you all right? Big you just see smiling. <laughs> He's brilliant, and I think I don't know if it was that same game. There was a sort of goal mouth stramash. We we're playing Everton, and uh, all the players were trying to get. The, it's on YouTube. All the players are trying to get the ball, and the goalie's just diving the ball, and he's just came running a couple of, and dives yeah. over the. Yeah, no, the right. players are going. What's just that? <laughs> so I think the even day in for a lot. I've roomed with him, uh, so we played. We played in the Carling Cup final against 
Man United could beat 4 nothing in the final in England and uh, that was like Ronaldo, Rooney's and Saha and all, all these players Is that a Cardiff that got played? Cardiff, yeah. Cardiff Arms part, yeah um, So it was No, Millennium, Millennium Stadium Millennium, Millennium sorry, yeah So Millennium Stadium So that night the night before we were in the hotel and I roomed with him and the, the morning I'd woke up he's just a madman he was non-stop so he'd keep you up night at night so I woke up in the morning and I'm like, what's that in my neck? <laughs> Turned round, he's naked in my bed, spooning me, kissing my neck. And I'm like, Jimmy, what the fuck are you doing? Get out, get out. He's like, come on, big man, I'm only telling of the it's just, it's just me and you. I'm like, Jimmy, get away from me. Just please get away from me. So he's like, oh, come on, you know, take a bit of banter. No, no like a joke. So we went down for the walk. Um, uh, I was getting my jacket, so he's, he's shot away down come down and all the boys are going oh hi you and Jimmy like, he went down and told them that we were actually kissing and all that <laughs> and the man he told the manager never uh, so that sort of relaxed the boys going into the, the sort of cup final so I, I think so so that relaxed sort of the boys going into the, the cup final at that day but what uh, just boy. what a character he was yeah. brilliant for the dressing room and relaxing people I think I, I told the story about uh, Stefan on show when he signed for Liverpool you mm-hmm. heard that one no uh, did he go uh, oh when he signed for Wigan when he signed for Wigan so he's pulled up in the, the big Ferrari and we, we were all negotiating new contracts at the time <laughs> so we're like oh how much do you think we will get how much do you because we were really close because we come through for the old mm. second division the Corey has come right through the premiership so we're signing guys that are, played with Liverpool and driving Ferraris we're going well we'll not get as much as what he got but surely we can try so he's walked in and uh, went round and shook everybody's horn we're all sitting like that hang much 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 money Jimmy fucking go so Jimmy's like that right away Shook everybody's hand, he sat down, he's like, Stefan, yes, my friend or whatever it is. Like, how much money are you getting a week? Because we're all wanting new contracts and we really want to know how much they ask for. And he was, he was taking aback, that was the banter in their dressing room, he was taking aback, so it's like, I don't know what you're talking about, I don't really want to. And he went, oh, all right then. Right, just get your cock out. I want to look at your cock. And <laughs> <laughs> fucking all the boys again. So that was him coming into our sort of culture. And to be fair, he was laughing and that. He felt at ease right away. And that day, Jimmy nicked the keys to his Ferrari and took it for a spin. So <laughs> welcome to Wigan, mate. It doesn't matter where you've been, what Champions League you've played in. Uh, welcome to Wigan so yeah. that's what that's, a guy it's absolutely uh, brilliant isn't it need to get him up just, at the performance centre the high performance centre because he does that sort of the end thing does he the, it was the it used to be the crossbar challenge but now you know the drill oh, you know the drill uh, so I'm, I'm still in contact with him but he's just a Shanks. hard man to pin down the what you and Shanks against him and somebody ah, I don't need bother I take him on the bother I want to take Shanks on I take Jimmy on the problem um, but I th- I'm I'm currently trying to no, get no, him up that would be good that'd be good and I'll, I'll ask him or you guys can come in hopefully and uh, get a chat with him Aye, get an interview oh, with him or whatever that'd be good what a laugh you'll get with him he'll oh. tell you a lot of lies about me he'll show up naked though will he go on a night out um, I, I went for nice though he's to the rock go on a team night out and it'd been a, a packed nightclub and the next minute it's 
all his clothes off, <laughs> doing naked press-ups right in the middle of the dance floor. And within two minutes, he'd be getting chucked out the back door with, <laughs> with the bouncers. It's just, it would be non-stop, yeah. non-stop. And you'd just say, Jimmy, do that. And like, all right, <laughs> just go and do it. So, oh, um, come, good times. Oh, good he's time. not, actually. <laughs> Listen, Lee, it's been an absolute pleasure it's been for brilliant. you come along and, and speak to us tonight and, and give us a wee insight of what's going on yourself and whatever. And, we can always finish on a high note when we've only won one and seven. But, <laughs> <laughs> but listen, I, I'm sure we'll get there as well. You know, it's a, a totally different kind of dynamic. We've seen it as fans over the last few years. It's been it's been pretty hard, to be fair. It's been and, tough. Kind of we spoil a little bit, I think, because again, with how we were playing before Christmas as well. But I'm sure we'll get there and we'll get up in the yeah. hard work starts as again. A, as, it is. as a staff, we know that. We know where the club's... Being we know what it's went through and that's why every day we're trying to get in the mindset for the players and ourselves to better ourselves every day and continually learning and going in, in different courses to make ourselves better people and create better football players for the young ones but also better people for the young ones and um, we know what it means to the fans this season to to f- get over that line and we're doing everything in our power and what a party. Uh, we'll have and, and hopefully everybody's welcome to go and celebrate um, a deserved league title when when hopefully we get there sooner rather than later. It's a pair of yours. No, well, no, because no, you're <laughs> going to steal one of my tops. <laughs> <laughs> oh, honestly, there's no other way. And Lee, it's been a pleasure. Thanks very much. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you very much to Lee McCulloch for taking the time to join us. Last Thursday evening, uh, he was absolutely brilliant. A lovely guy, which kind of pained me a little bit because when he was a player back in the day for them, uh, he wasn't my favourite player. So if, if you are listening to this, Lee, I totally bottled telling you that to your face, but uh, that is a fact. I used to say he thought you were a prick. Correct. <laughs> but he's a good guy. He's all right. Yeah, yeah. Why did you draw that dick on your head? Well, I was not going to tell him, no. <laughs> Because he, he elbowed us in the bus. <laughs> so thanks very much, Lee, uh, for that. It was, uh, it was good to get that out as well. And, you know, for the past couple of days, myself and Paul have been thinking, you know, has, do we put it out? Do we wait? Or whatever. So uh, when everything kicked off, we thought, we're not going to see our team. It was going out. So there you go. Uh, right, let's move on on this day. In association with the Arab Archive, preserving the history of Dundee United Football Club since 2006. Got five games for you. And uh, one signing to mention. Uh, I mentioned the first leg two weeks ago from the 16th of March, 1983. It was the second leg uh, in the UEFA Cup quarterfinals versus Bohemians. A capacity crowd of 20,000 was in attendance and hoped the United could overturn a respectable 1-0 defeat from Prague. United dominated much of the play in their away leg, so the home fans turned out in confidence. Uh, and a positive outcome could be achieved. But it was a night of bitter frustration and disappointment at Tarandice. For on the night, Bamians looked a very ordinary side. Uh, United fell at the UEFA Cup quarterfinal stage last night uh, for a sad second year in a row. And it was, to be said, it was not one of United's better displays. How many times have we said that over the last few years? A lot of times. A lot of times. <laughs> uh, to 1985, perhaps it was uh, Hearts' midweek cup exertions, but this was the latest meeting. It was the sixth meeting of the season between United and Hearts in 1985. Uh, and it proved to be decidedly stare of event as well. It was quite 
shite really reading the report. Uh, Goldmouth instance were few and far between at Tynecastle. Things picked up a little bit in the second half. Uh, United should have taken the lead first when a slack back pass by Sandy Jardin uh, let substitute Alex Taylor in. Uh, Henry Smith blocked his effort, uh, but the, ba- the ball broke to Paul Sturrock, who played the ball across the face of the goal, but David Dodd shot wide of an empty goal. Uh, the breakthrough came just over a quarter of an hour left. Alex Taylor weaved past two defenders before curling the ball into the middle. Kid only partially cleared and wait to hear this. Morris Malpass hammered home a first-time volley high into the net. Can't believe it has heard the words all strung together. I know, I couldn't, I couldn't either. <laughs> Match number three this week is a Dundee derby from 1996 and defeat for either side in the final one of the season would deal a harsh blow to both City Club's promotional ambition. And in the end, there was no doubting United's right to the spoils of victory. The opening goal was obviously going to be vital. Gary McSwigan gets all the credit for uh, his opportunism. He showed on the half-hour mark. The ball played up to him on the edge of the box. He chested it down and fired a low shot into the corner of the net to make it 1-0. Chick Charnley was sent off for elbowing Robbie Winters just before half-time because he's a prick. Uh, United's second goal, 16 minutes into the second half, effectively killed off the match. Morris Malpass involved again. Uh, he found Gary McSwigan out in the left. Uh, he headed to goal, cut inside, released a pass straight in the path of Craig Brewster, who side-footed home strongly from 12 yards. More drama. Jim Duffy was booked earlier in the game, brought Gary McSwigan crashing to the ground and was automatically red-carded for a second bookable offence because he is also a prick <laughs> to leave Dundee reduced to nine men and United in cruise uh, control for the rest of the game. Uh, we gained a place in the Scottish Cup quarterfinal in 1999 with this narrow victory over First Division Air United. Well, a narrow victory over Air United, eh? We would take that, wouldn't we? Yeah, we would take that. Uh, shared the, we, they shared the play territorially, but in terms of chances, all the scoring was squeezed in the first five-minute period, either side of the half-time whistle. Neil Murray making his debut, put us ahead with a controlled volley from 25 yards. Uh, but Walker hooked home the equaliser shortly after the restart. Magnus Skoldmark, with his first ever goal for the club, sent us through with a well-taken header from Craig Easton's cross within three minutes of the air goal. He was kind of the least known or liked or Swede. hero status of the Swede-Norwegian Finnish invasion Scan- thing that Scandinavia is probably what I'm yeah. going for. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, yeah, he, he had an uncanny ability to be either absolutely shite or <laughs> half decent. <laughs> I mean, that's some marker he, there. He, he scored, I'm pretty sure he scored in a derby. Pretty sure he did. My, my memories of Magnus Skoldmark, though, were that he was uh, he was quite unfortunate because any time the big Dykstra seemed to come out to punch the ball away, he would invariably go through Skoldmark to get there. <laughs> Poor Magnus. He was not the best. <laughs> Hero. Our final match this week takes us to 2011 as United played their third successive home match in six days as they welcomed third place Hearts to Tannadice in a rearranged SPL fixture. A late double from Johnny Russell claimed all three points on the night. Uh, one signing to mention, Tony Ralston joined... Uh, on loan from Celtic until the end of the season on this day, on the 16th of March. Uh, the right-back went on to make 15 appearances, scoring two goals. I liked him. Very much so. He's a good player. Very much so. He's at the St. Johnson now, is he now? On loan? Pretty sure he is. Uh, uh, that was a decent on this day, Ron. Somebody would, I mean, 
there will be accusations you were filling time there because <laughs> we've not really had anything else to speak about. But it's never been so in depth. <laughs> <laughs> You've done well. Uh, thanks as always to the Arab Archive for a fantastic uh, uh, website and for all the details that we need. Uh, right, well, that's pretty much it from us. Um, the plan going forward is we obviously and definitely don't know what the hell is going on mm. for the next week. Well, and uh, we also don't know what's going to happen here. So we're going to try our best to still be here every week. Um, and if we can avoid it just being the two of us talking shite, we will. Uh, and hopefully, but we will be, we'll be active on social media. It'll all be on there. Uh, so hopefully uh, we'll be back with uh, 39 next week. And I'm very aware that uh, we did jinx it when we said what episode we'd get to this season. Yes. Um, now we're determined to get there. So far, like Paul said right at the start, it has been an, a, a, a brilliant first season for us in doing this. Uh, this is a roadblock with the hope it uh, doesn't hamper us too much and we can still bring a bit of content to you and a bit of a light humour and shite banter uh, and false facts on a weekly basis. We try and verify these false facts as we, well as we can. Yes, we do. So mm. uh, that is the plan going forward. We'll try and be here uh, each and every week, obviously with everything else going on. You never know, but we will let you know about that on our social media. Um, we are at Dode Fox Podcast. If you're not, you haven't liked us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all our stuff is on there. Our thanks again to Lee McCulloch uh, for joining us this week and uh, telling us some good stories and also about, you know, uh, the day-to-day and all the stuff that goes on at the club and how, how it's changed and how he's constantly getting lapped on his run him for the regional performance, regional performance centre. Yeah, he needs to work on that. <laughs> so it's uh, it's been a, it's been a different episode. Hmm. You know, with no game or anything really to speak to. But <laughs> nah. and again, thanks to everyone who did tell us what you got up to over the weekend with no um, with no football fix or anything like that. So it, it is very much appreciated that you got on board and support this nonsense on a weekly basis. Yes, it's much appreciated, and uh, thank you very much for listening to this week. Seeing as we've just blathered for about forty minutes just now, absolute pish. On that note. Hopefully, we'll see you next week. <laughs>